Investor Schooling is an education company located in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. Investor Schooling, the principals or their employees, are not licensed by any regulatory institution. Phil Falcone and Larry Steinhaus are not registered reps of any investment firm, nor do they sell any securities. Their advice is based on their experiences and the experiences of their students. They are not attorneys or accountants, and before using any of their advice, they suggest you check with your legal or tax professionals. To find out more, go to www.investorschooling.com. This show is previously recorded. Now, let's welcome Larry Steinhaus and Phil Falcone, your hosts for Investor Schooling Live. Good afternoon and welcome to Investor Schooling Live. Coming to you from Investor Schooling Headquarters, I'm Phil Falcone, here with my business partner, Larry Steinhaus. We are the founders of Investor Schooling. Get ready to learn real estate investing and stock option investing. Call us anytime during the show with your questions at 855-939-1137. That's 855-939-1137. That's right. We're a live program, so you can call us anytime during the show, and we will take your calls. Don't worry about what we're talking about. It doesn't matter. Just call us with, with any questions you have. Investor Schooling is located in Langhorne, Pennsylvania, serving the Philadelphia area in a real brick-and-mortar building. So we are local guys accessible to our students a minimum of two nights per week. Learn this business, the business of real estate investing and stock option investing, from people who live it every day. So let me tell you what we're going to be talking about today. First of all, we're giving away a car. Phil's BMW. I'm Phil, and we're giving away my car. I, I'm still not sure why, but we're doing it. Okay? <laughs> all you got to do is go to winphilscar.com, and you can learn all about the contest, which officially starts on September 15th. Okay? Mm. We're also going to be talking about the rich don't work for money. So how do they make money? We're going to talk about that. Handling objections from sellers. So when you're talking to somebody about selling you their house, uh, you're going to have to be able to handle some objections. And we're going to discuss that a little bit today about kind of things that we say when we're in somebody's living room. Okay, What will happen to landlords who cannot evict their tenants for potentially maybe another year or so? I want to talk about that. What will happen to owners whose restaurants go under what's going to happen to those people what's going to happen to the hungry people like me who like to go to restaurants can you wholesale a rental agreement can you wholesale a lease option and then we're going to talk about we're going to have a visit from the stock option sultan with his picks of the week we've also had some great questions have been emailed in this week how to how can people live without investing why stock options versus stocks Why an investor versus a realtor? So all these things are things we're going to be talking about. What's happening, Larry? Well, we have a four-hour show tonight. There's a lot of stuff on here. (laughs) Well, look, you know, the beautiful thing about a a long script is if you don't get to 20% of your script, you've already got 20% ready for next week. Oh, you're trying to make life easy for you for next week. I understand. You know, when ideas are flowing, I just put them on paper. So I actually think you did this because of something that we had a conversation with our wives about the other night at dinner. Oh, you mean when you were telling my wife all the bad things I've been doing? Well, besides that, I was talking about how your wife said, you know, somebody said to her, those guys joke around too much. They should just talk about real estate and stock options and not talk and not joke around so much. Well, you know, she's entitled to her opinion. Matter of fact, if anybody out there, do us a favor. If anybody's a fan out there, give us a call, 855-939-1137, 855-939-1137, and let us know if you think that we should be less funny 
and more factual. Because if we should be less funny and more factual, we need to know that from you, not from Phil's wife. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, so, yeah. Are we, are we going to talk about your car again? Uh, we can. All right. Are you really giving away your car? Yeah, I'm giving away my car, and it's a, um, it's a beautiful red uh, BMW, and the car is a convertible. So you push a button. It's a two-seater. So if you're a, if you're a four people in your family, you're going to have to make two trips. <laughs> okay. No, no, you have to make three trips. Uh, and then what you can do <laughs> yeah. is you push Phil, a button. Phil's not very good at math. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, two plus well, two you, is. You can put one in a trunk, <laughs> but when you put the convertible top in the trunk, it would kill whoever's in the trunk. <laughs> you wouldn't want to do that. It's a BMW Z4, and you can push a button, and the it's a hard top roof that folds up and goes right into the trunk. It's very cool. You can do it at a red light in about 25 seconds. You can do it when you're driving, but you can't be going over 10 miles an hour. You can, you can see uh, like an attractive woman in a car next to you, and you just put your top down. And the cool part is they're going to go, oh, you want Phil's car. They're going to be like, wow, you must be rich. <laughs> so go to winfieldscar.com and yeah. you can enter. All right. Speaking yeah. about rich, your next topic is? The rich don't work for money. The rich don't work for money. So when I saw this, I looked at this and said, okay, what does he mean by this? Because it can mean a million different things. Well, it can mean several things. My advice to you would be answer it in whichever one of those million things you feel like talking about. Well, so I have a philosophy. I mean, you know, you and I are rich. We make money. We we make money all the time. And, you know, it's funny. Sometimes it's 500 bucks and sometimes it's a half a million. And it's not really the money. And we're like, oh, this is pretty cool. We talk about the half a million and we go, wow, look at that. We made a half a million dollars. How exciting. But it's no different than the $500 because it was really the, I don't know, it was the, the method that we used to get there was more fun than actually getting the check. So I was doing that this morning. I was thinking about some of the houses I own. I was actually thinking about something that was interesting. Uh, I was looking at – actually, I should take this stats and read it because it, it makes some sense. I was looking at, at something I saw in on LinkedIn, I think it was. Somebody posted this, and it says this. Let's see if I can get it. It says if you invested $1,000 five years ago in Amazon – it would be worth $5,414, in Netflix $5,961, and in Facebook $2,230. So the highest would have been with Netflix, it would have been 500% return on your money if you invested $1,000. And I was thinking about the houses that we buy. And we buy a house subject to, <clears throat> I bought a house subject to that I bought five years ago. I paid $750 out of my pocket. And in equity in that house now, I have something like fifty, sixty thousand dollars, so I would say that's a much better return than putting that money in there. Yeah, I mean the the only way you can really benefit off of stories like that is to build a time machine and go back in time and buy the stock. Well, yeah, but if I but, if I would have been able to buy five more of these subject two deals, I still would have bought those. I agree. Real estate is a wonderful, wonderful investment. My favorite investment, and. Uh, I doubt I'll ever stop buying it. I'll probably be buying things right to the grave. No, I think I think you know we've said this several times before. Stock yeah. options is for you know it's for a quick buck, for extra money. It's also fun. It's really fun when you're killing it, man. Right, boy, it's 
it warms my heart with a, a feeling of joy that I cannot express in too many other categories. And you want to, uh, you want to cry when yeah, it's yeah. going bad. I know. Well, I'll tell there. you what. When I went to, uh, you, if you remember the story, I flew to Florida on a Tuesday, <laughs> and I flew home on a Saturday, and I was up a hundred thousand dollars. Yep. In four business days. That's awesome. Unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. What an awesome week that was. I just felt tremendous. I've had those. I've had yeah, those days. Yeah. Those yeah. are great, and I look forward to many more of those yeah. in the future. I've often told people at the school here. That in the future, I see myself uh, sitting in a rocking chair on my front porch uh, trading stock options with some kind of uh, verbal commands. You right, because you, you won't need your regular laptop anymore. Yeah, I won't need a regular anymore. laptop. Right, It'll probably be something inserted in my skull. Yeah, right. And if you want to if you want to find out more about this, go to investorschooling.com and you can sign up for a class this Thursday, investorschooling.com. What time would I want to come if I wanted to come Thursday? You should come 10 to 7. The class starts at 7, but you should come 10 to 7 because I know you're going to want an autograph from Phil. Well, 10 to 7 is kind of hard to remember. How about we just say 7 o'clock? Be there early. Okay, come Thursday night at 7 p.m. That's right. You are invited. It's for free. We're not going to be selling you anything. We're inviting you just to come to a class. Just come to a class Thursday night. Go to investorschooling.com. You can get the address. We're in Langhorn. It's easy to get to. Come on out and have some fun with us. If you think we're fun on the radio, we'll show you how really crazy we are in the class. And by the way, nobody's called yet. 855. What's our number again? 855-939-1137. Okay. 855-939-1137. And tell us if we should be funny or more factual. Because, okay. you know, we're being kind of factual today just because I'm so dis- – I'm, you know, I don't want to disappoint Terry. So uh, Terry's not listening anyway. She's at the par- a party. Oh, right she's now. at a party? Okay. So yeah, we can be a, funny again? It's a party. All so right. the rich don't work for money. What's that mean to you? So, again, what, so where I was going before with that, it's more exciting to me to know that, that I did that than the money to me. So I'm kind of working for my own – I don't know. It, possibly an ego it's possibly uh, it's possibly just to tell the stories i love to tell stories as you know you and i we get on we get in front of the class and we tell stories of how we made money and the stories are always entertaining so the stories are awesome as well i don't believe it's you know so it's not just for money there are people who say hey i all i talk about is the money the money the money and that's fine too but there's also there's also to me it's all about how much fun i can have making the money well, I agree with you. Like for for me, it's a little bit more of I want to I want to find an investment that that I can purchase and I want to acquire it, pull it into my portfolio and have it reward me for the rest of my life because I made one smart decision. To me, that's the That's the real joy of investing is every like with this with this subject to house that I bought in East Norriton. Every time the rent check comes in. okay, you saw you saw I was charging. I have a client that that's paying me twenty four hundred dollars a month plus the water bill. Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. And you paid and you this month you paid nothing for that property. Right. So this month they paid late. Oh, and you got an extra hundred bucks. Oh, I charged them a 10 percent. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. 10%. That's another $240. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's not my fault. They actually, she even, the tenant actually texted me and said, should I include the late fee? I said, absolutely. 
You should. Good for you. That's great. Yeah, sure. So I was I got like twenty six thirty five or something. That's great. And you're paying what fifteen hundred bucks a month for that property? Uh eighteen fifty. Yeah. That's fantastic. Eighteen fifty. Yeah, I've got a yeah. couple of those too. So what what's that? Like eight hundred dollars practically. Yes, yeah, it's, it's and, and it's free money. It's, you it's know, like money falling from the sky. I, I, you know, t- I talk to people all the time. Like, I, I want to buy a new car, and the new car is five hundred bucks. I might go buy a property, and and your property will pay for the car. Well, that doesn't make any sense. If I could buy a property, then I could buy the car cash. No, you could actually buy the property with absolutely no money out of your own pocket, and then use the payment to pay the car. All right. So, in in wrap up of this topic, what it means to me is. We, we, we're not going to go out and get a job. That's obvious. Rich people don't do that. And entrepreneurial people don't do that, even if they're not rich yet. But they're going to be rich if they don't think like that. If they think, I'm not going to work for somebody else. I'm going to start some kind of business or I'm going to invest in something. right? And with that mindset, you're already on your way to being rich. That's one of the things that we talk about here all the time is the entrepreneurial mindset and how that affects the way that you behave in your life with the time that you have available. You've got to make smart decisions, right? So for me, it's about making a smart decision, buying the right property, buying the right business, or building a business like we did with investor schooling, something that's going to reward us with income and with something we want to be doing which is teaching, which we both love to do. Right, and, and we actually get more enjoyment out of the, the student's success than way more enjoyment out of the student's success than we get out of this business being successful. But we know this business has to be successful so we can get more enjoyment out of the students being successful. Did that make sense? Yes, yeah, sort of. Okay. Uh, I would say, I, I wouldn't say I get more enjoyment out of the student's success I get just as much as I do when, when I do for myself. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, obviously, I'm an individual who wants to get wealthy. Right, sure. <laughs> right? So, but really, if you think about it like this, I wrote this in my book, Addicted to Real Estate. I wrote, each successful property that I acquire is like a monument to my intelligent decision-making. Right? The same goes for if you buy a bad property. Sure. Right? It does the opposite for you. But that's my goal, is to make smart decisions and minimize your mistakes as best you can so I can move forward and be a guy who sits around and collects rent checks in the future. Listen, we sit here on the radio every week and we talk about this. Uh, We're not getting paid for this. (laughs) We do this. Obviously, it's an advertisement for the school, but we're doing it because we really enjoy it. This is why we're doing it. So, by the way, if you guys want to come in, Feel free to feel free to come in 855-939-1137. You can call in or if you'd like, you can attend a class this week at investorschooling.com. 855-939-1137. I'm waiting for somebody to call, man. I want to know if they should say if we should be talking more factual or we should be continue to be funny. Yeah, I you know. I wish somebody would call and give us some uh, help. We need, uh, we need some direction, you know. We got loyal listeners. One of the loyal listeners needs to call. All right. So in the meantime, let's start hitting the next topic. All right. You know, handling objections from sellers. Let's just say, Larry, you're you're in somebody's living room, okay, and you're talking. Was to I them. invited there, or did I break in? You sent them a postcard, probably. Okay. And they called you, and they I, said they'd like okay. to they'd like to hear an offer Cause, from. Because there's a big difference between what the objection is going to be if you know if I broke in. And... Well, well, why don't you just tell me, like, uh, you know, you you're a great salesman. You you you're definitely a guy who has a lot of 
uh, objection handling skills. Sure. Why don't you give me some of the more common ones that you run across when you're looking at someone's house? So for probably the, the biggest one is the price, right? So the price would be something like, hey, you know, uh, the, my neighbor across the street sold the house for 100000 and you only want to give me 80000 That's a common one. Right. And probably the easiest way or best way to be prepared for that is if you are you know, if you actually run comps and you know, and you first of all, you want to know the truth. Maybe it is a hundred thousand. Maybe it's not. Because did you know that sometimes people selling your houses lie about the house across the street that's sold for a hundred thousand? Or I think what happens probably just as much as lying is when when the neighbor down the block hears that Mister So and So is selling his house for two hundred and ten thousand dollars. They just assume that that means he got two hundred and ten. That's another thing. Sure. When he might get thirty five thousand less than that. Right, and it was just because it was listed. That doesn't mean right. that doesn't mean that that it sold for that too. But right. plus the, the only thing, way that yeah, they sure. would actually know what the real price was is if they were an agent. They could look right. it up after the sale had been completed. But you know that they're just going by scuttlebutt or whatever they heard mm -hmm. down the down the lane, whisper down the lane. I'll give you a great I'll give you a great example. I, I bought a house. Uh, I think it was in December. Uh, I bought a house, and you know the guy went. He had no idea how the house was worth. And of course, I ran comps. I wanted to know everything that sold in the area, and the lowest priced house in the area sold for sixty-eight thousand. And I showed him the pictures of what that looked like, and I showed him the pictures of the ones that sold for over a hundred thousand. And when I and when I went in his house, his house was a wreck. And I said, "Look, this is the lowest house that sold for sixty-eight thousand. Look at the pictures. Does these pictures look better than your house?" And he said, "Yes." And I said, "Look, here's the deal. We have to." You know, I, I and I end up giving you sixty. By the way, we got a couple of calls. We got Rodney. Hey, Rodney, what's going on, man? How can we talk to you? How can we help you today? Maybe he's going to help. Can you up. hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you. What's up, man? First off, I want to say, Phil, I'm ready to take that challenge to play tennis. Good. I'm always looking for people to play tennis. I told you we had loyal fans. Only a loyal fan would know that. And, and the only reason and I, I say that is because I know you're not a mafia. I know you're not a mafia. Yeah, thank you. Yes, he is. Larry, Larry <laughs> likes to. Uh, and he doesn't. He, wait, first of all, he's not one. He sounds like a mafioso shyster. He just sounds like one. <laughs> um, I just want to say I've been following you guys on the radio for about a year. Year. You wrote us a letter, didn't you? I did write it, you guys. Okay, I, I now know who, Rodney, who what Rodney this is. That's awesome, man. What's up, Rodney? Good to finally want, talk to I you. Want, I want to get my butt to invest in schooling, but I got to be honest with you. I'm on house arrest, and I just came home. Well, uh, you can easily come to the school any Thursday night at 7 p.m., as long as it's not a holiday, as soon as you're... Uh, released from your home arrest. But you could also resolved. go on Zoom. Yeah, sure. He can go on Zoom. Zoom many times. Yeah. So if you're listening to the show and you want to and you want to be part of the show and you can't get out because you're in house arrest, you can go to investorschooling.com. There must this be other reasons. This is my question to you guys. Sure. How do I get myself in a position that I can make, you know, income without any money right now? Either wholesaling, either in the stocks, but using private investors. But if I wanted to do it today or tomorrow, how can I help myself? What I would say to you is we have – think of us as like filters. 
we I've been in this business for 32 years. Larry, how many years? You're 38 years? 39 now. <laughs> 39 years, right? So we know this business inside and out. We we really don't do a whole heck of a lot other than work in this business. So we know all about this business inside and out, up and down, every way you want to look at it. We're filters for you. We take all the garbage that people try to teach you and we get rid of it. All right, and we cut it right down to the important things about what you need to do. And our coaching style, we will tell you exactly. You come in here and say, I met this guy who wants to sell me his house. And we're going to ask you questions. I don't want to get into the specific questions right now. But we're going to ask you questions. Did you do this? Did you talk to this person? Did you do that? And we're going to show you right away, very quickly, how you can... Behave like a professional even though you are not one yet. And when we're done with you, and however long that takes, if it takes a year or two of you coming to investor schooling, you will behave like a professional in this business because we're going to train you to do so. What do you think of that, Ronnie? I think, I think that's, that's an incredible opportunity in Sweden. Hey, hey, Ronnie. I, I want it. I, I want it. I, 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 want, I want it. We got somebody on the line who's a student of ours. So Phil said it might take a year. We got a student of ours. I, I don't even. I don't know if uh, Sean could put these guys together. But Andrew, can you, can you can you bring on Andrew at the same time? Andrew, you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ronnie, you still there? I'm still here. Still here. Hey, Andrew, tell Rodney how long it took for you to do your first deal at Investor Schooling. Well, and uh, and and then the story of how you became a student. I even like that too. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, well, I was I was you know I was working at, as an Amazon driver actually, actually, and and it was uh, I was uh, I finished my shift early, and then and then if you're if you're people who are Amazon drivers right now, um, that are listening, you have to do these rescues if you finish early. So I had to go to uh, Newtown to do a rescue, and lo and behold, I had to deliver a package to Larry Steinhouse. Hey, hey, Andrew, Andrew, I'm gonna have to, I'm, Andrew, Andrew, uh, two things. One is we got an echo, so I I gotta cut you off. Just and but let me let me let me help you tell the story and just. Just say yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time I say, every time is appropriate. So he's 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 delivering packages here from Amazon, and one day he goes, "What do you guys do?" Because he sees the sign on the door, and we say, "Hey, we teach people how to invest in real estate." So he comes in. I tell him to take a class. He comes up Thursday that Thursday night, and uh, what did it take? How long did it take you to to actually buy your property? Uh, five months. Five months. Five months. So in five months he made. And how much did you make on that one as a wholesale deal? Uh, uh, 23K. And then you got two more in the contract, right? Yep, yep. All right, cool, man. All right, we're going to disconnect from both of you and go on with the show, but we totally, oh, wait, real, real quick, Andrew, should we continue to be funny or, or should we, or should we get only factual? Uh, uh you can just mix it in, you know, just let Phil talk more. All right. <laughs> what do you think, yeah. Rodney? Should we be funny or should we, or should we just factual? Okay, hey, yeah, hey, be quiet. Hey, okay, got, just let me talk. Let's talk more, man. Let's let Phil let's talk, talk, man, because you, you gotta let him be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks. <laughs> we'll see you in class, Andrew. We'll see you when you're ready, Rodney. All right, so uh, Larry, what do you think is going to happen to these landlords who cannot evict people? And, and when I say cannot evict, what I mean by that is, I don't care if they tell me the moratorium is up tomorrow morning. You still are not going to be able to evict somebody. 
because for a year and a half, there are no evictions. So there must be a backlog of roughly three years of evictions that have to take place before you can evict somebody. So even if the moratorium is over tomorrow morning, you still can't evict somebody for roughly three years. And do you think Philadelphia is going to hire twice as many lawyers and open twice as many courtrooms to handle this problem? No way. They obviously don't even want to solve this problem. They're perfectly fine with the tenants getting no rental payments. By the time this thing's done, these landlords are going to be behind three years of rental income. Yeah, it's kind of rough. But here, here's so it's a couple of things that that uh, that you should know. First of all, there's a big chunk of money. I think it was fifty three million dollars or billion dollars, whatever it was, that was able to that was supposed to be used for rental assistance. In where Philadelphia? All, all, all across the country. Oh, fifty three million. Across- I think it was fifty three billion actually. 50- I got to look it up. Okay. But but whatever it was, and they only used about a, a, you know four tenths four 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 percent of it. So only four percent, and the biggest problem that people are having is that they're not—they don't know how to do it. So you really need to look up rental assistance. I didn't know we were going to talk about it. I would have given you the website, but that's why they got to pay bankers five percent to delve out the money because nobody knows how to do it. In well, no, no, that's the PPP loans, and the, and I agree with you. But the, what we're talking about now is the fact that there is rental assistance out there. This is the first time I've ever seen in my life that the person who has to apply for the rental assistance is the landlord. Which is bizarre in so many different ways. Yeah, he shouldn't have to. No, absolutely not. So if you are a landlord and you're struggling with this, look it up. And I'm going to try to find the website when we're on break and, and try to get to But you need to really see this. You, really, you need to try to do this. Talk to your tenant. I realize the tenant's probably not even returning a call anymore. Do what you can to talk to the tenant and try to get the rental assistance done. You're going to have to, excuse me, as a landlord, you have to do some work. And as a tenant, you have to do some work to get it. That's number one. The other thing is if you're a landlord and you have a mortgage with a bank, you also had the moratorium. I hope you took it because you needed it because, again, the tenants weren't paying. You weren't paying. If you could afford to stick in there, just stick in there because eventually it's going to get better. And maybe the best thing to you for you to do is to turn to the tenant and say, look, we're good. Just start paying me rent as of September and we're good. I realize that that's, that's like not what you really want to hear from me. But sometimes you just have to make these decisions. That would be a smart decision if the tenant would actually pay you, which right. I doubt they would. Right. But they might. You say, it's listen, you, you, you haven't paid your rent in six months or a year even. And and you know what? I can't evict you. You, But but if I, eventually I'm going to evict you and no one's going to take you as a tenant. So do you remember I took you, we were coming home from the radio show like a year, year and a half ago. Right. And I took you to this yeah. guy's house. Right. Part of my deal, I wrote it in the contract that I will not buy your property until you evict the tenant, right? And at this point, he's still three years away from being able to evict Yeah, if you wanted to buy that property, I'd knock on the guy's door, the tenant. Hand him five grand and say, listen, go away. Because that property's also gone up probably twenty five, thirty thousand since you made your original offer. It may have. And you might, and you, he might not even give you that offer anymore. I remember that offer. That was that was actually a good a good deal, and it it only got better. Yeah. All right, so why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break? I'm going to see if I can find that website, and uh, we'll talk to you guys on the other side. All right, let's do it. Hi, I'm Phil Falcone from InvestorSchooling.com. 
I'm inviting you to a complimentary class in Langhorn this Thursday night at 7 p.m. I will teach you how to buy ugly houses and make them beautiful. As a bonus, we will also teach you stock option investing. So get your butt to this meeting, 7 p.m. this Thursday night, Langhorn, 215-876-3002, investorschooling.com. Hey, everybody, it's Larry Sinus from InvestorSchooling.com. You heard my partner, Phil Falcone, tell you why you should be there this Thursday night to learn about real estate investing and learn about stock options trading. We're telling you right now, you will make more money than you've ever made in your entire life if you learn these two skills. Be there this Thursday night at 7 o'clock in our Langhorn headquarters. Go to InvestorSchooling.com. Pull over right now. Take out your phone and go to InvestorSchooling.com. RSVP right now. InvestorSchooling.com. See you Thursday. Hi, I'm Phil Falcone from Executech Suites. We're an executive suite center in Huntington Valley on Buck Road, 67 Buck Road, Huntington Valley. I'm sure you've driven past it. We're right in between Street Road and County Line Road. We have 47 offices in the prestigious address of Huntington Valley. I have offices starting at $5.95 a month. You're probably wondering, Phil, what do I get for $5.95 a month? Let me tell you. You get an office big enough for one person. You get the furniture in that office. You get the telephone on the desk. You get the telephone numbers. You get the fax numbers. You get two full-time receptionists to answer the phone in the name of your company and patch the calls to you. So if your company's ABC Painting Company, hey, ABC Painting Company, how can I help you? Would you like to talk to Bob? Let me get him on the phone. You could be home sleeping on your couch and I'll patch the calls right to you. What else do we give you? We give you the conference rooms. We give you the kitchen. We give you the mailboxes, the printer, the copier, the scanner, UPS service, you name it. All of the utilities, cleaning service, and best of all, we give you free coffee. Get yourself to Executech Suites. Phone number is 215-942-7701. 215-942-7701, executechsuites.com. I need a raise. All right. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to Investor Schooling Live. All right. I, I have this information for you. Uh, for, so first of all, it's $45 billion is what they had available. And less than a tenth of it has been used because nobody knows how to do it. And there's places that you can go to apply for rental assistance. Uh, let's see if I've got that website for you. Well, there's different ones for each each area, so you have to go. You have to go to your area. There's a couple of those. One um, there was one called Shelter Force. I don't know if that's a. I, I don't know if that's a nonprofit, but whatever is Shelter Force is one in Pennsylvania, or I'm sorry, in Philadelphia, that you can go to, and they may be able to talk you through it. My guess is these guys are going to be overwhelmed with calls and also with email. So remember, you're going to have to stick through. You're going to have to you know plow your way through it. But that's what's going on. And by the way, I, one of the things that makes me nuts about this, the reason the CDC has been able to make this happen, the eviction moratorium, is they're saying that if you evict people, they'll go live with their friends or their relatives and they'll spread COVID. That is the way they're doing it. That is such BS. It's it, it really pisses me off that that's what they're doing. Why don't you just come out and say it for and just say the truth? Hey, listen, we had to come up with an excuse because we don't want we don't want poor people to get evicted. At least be honest, because th that is just total BS. If you say if you say, oh, well, we're afraid somebody's going to spread COVID well, if they the, get evicted. What's happening in this circumstance is the landlords are going to become poor, and the tenants are going to be just as poor as they were in the beginning. That's absolutely true. So they're going to have everybody be poor. 
So I, I see nothing but neg negative things coming down the pike from this. This is going to be ugly. This is going to be a real mess. But in the meantime, why don't we talk about what's going to happen to owners of restaurants when they go under? Look, they got it. They actually got it a better situation than a landlord does. They actually they got it very well. Now, now here's here's what I noticed about the COVID uh, government overreach situation, because I'm not calling it a COVID problem anymore. It's a government overreach problem. And the government overreach caused several businesses to go out of business. However, when I sat down and thought about it, most of those businesses, most of those businesses, the problem that they had was they were in trouble already and COVID just forced, you know, forced the problem sooner. That's what really happened. Now, restaurants like some of the restaurants that we frequent, did you notice that all the restaurants we're going to now have been renovated? So they were closed for three or four months. Such as who? Uh, like Mike's. Uh, that was done like during COVID. Right. It was done yeah, it was done during COVID. COVID. So here's what happened. They probably so here, got to SBA loans. That's exactly right. They got SBA loans. They were closed for three or four months. They were able to renovate, which is awesome. They were able to renovate. They were able to survive. The employees were at home. And they're a killer business, so they probably got a half a million dollars. Uh, easily, right. Yeah. Exactly. So that's why that's why it worked out. So the people, so the restaurants who were doing really well, it worked out really well for them. One of the greatest things that I got uh, that, that I like, probably my only favorite thing, was that outdoor seating. So a lot of restaurants continue to have outdoor seating. Which is great because I, I really like that. So one of my favorite things about going to Florida was outdoor seating. You couldn't have that here in Pennsylvania. You couldn't have that in New Jersey. Now all of a sudden you can, and we can have that outdoor seating. I realize it's going to get cold and, and that's going to be closed. But outdoor seating is nice. It's it's nice to sit there in a nice nice uh, Friday night with a cool summer breeze and enjoying yourself. Well, you know, with the exception of places like um, California or New York. I guess the restaurant tours are going to be okay. Yeah, they're going to they're going to make it out of this for the most part, right? Unless they, people who are in New York should probably pull up their roots and move to Florida or something. Well, people in New York should never go to New York again. Yeah, I no. I, I, I really like New York. I enjoy New York. I, I just can't go there anymore. I have a friend who uh, lives in New York, and he told me that there's been a lot of gang violence in his oh, building. Oh, sure. And he's looking for a new home right now. Right. Well, we have one, one of the guys who works for us who lives in New York, and he's like, i got to get out of here. I can't stand it. And he's thinking about moving to uh, to uh, the Philadelphia area because of it. Not Philadelphia, but Philadelphia area. Because there's a big difference between Philadelphia and one Philadelphia. one of the guys that yeah, works for us. Joe, one of, the, uh, one of our technicians. Uh, Joe Ulander? No, not that guy. The other, the other Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys uh, want to connect to Joe Ulander on Facebook? Say hi to Joe. Yeah, he's, he's he, a, he's he works a nice for us, guy. but he's quiet. He, no, nobody's ever seen him. He's a nice guy. <laughs> I think. And by the way, go to investorschooling.com and you can meet Phil and I. And if you want, we'll introduce you to Joe Ulander that day too. So go to investorschooling.com and you can see us Thursday night. And of course, call in 855 939 1137. And if you're a landlord in Philadelphia and you have a question on what to do, give us a call. We'll see what we can do to help you. All right. So let's talk about. Can you wholesale a rental agreement? So what That's I'm, an awesome question. Yeah, so what I'm thinking here is I, I drive past an apartment building. This is a hypothetical scenario, okay? So it didn't really happen. I drive past an apartment building, and I see a for rent sign. Are you listening, Pedro? Okay, so for rent signs out all the time. It's for rent, it's for rent, it's for rent. I finally decide to go in there. I knock on the door, and I tell the guy, I'll rent your property and I'm going to haggle down the price. I'm going to get it for as cheap as I can. And I'm going to get a lease 
from the guy. I'm going to get him to sign a lease, and, and preferably my lease if I can, but I probably would sign his lease as well. And then what I would do with that lease, I want, and my lease is going to say that I have the right to sublet his apartment. Okay. And now what I'm going to do with it is I'm going to try to find somebody who can pay me $100 more or $150 more, maybe even $200 more. Let's just say I get $200 more because I'm that good, right? Now, I'm making 2400 bucks a year from a property I don't even own. I merely control it. So that's awesome. That's actually subletting, which is a great way to do it, master leases, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I don't know if I necessarily call that wholesaling. Well, I, I, I was merely suggesting that I could do a couple things with it. So, for example, mm -hmm. suppose I got a suppose I got a yearly agreement to sublet it, right? I could say to somebody, I could say, "Give me, give me." Um, if I was getting two hundred dollars a month, I could say, "Give me X amount of dollars, and I will." Let allow you to collect the balance of the rent after the first year. So I get the first year's money, and he can and he, and if he can keep the tenant after twelve months, this thing could continue for years. Right, the, and the, so the way you described it, the first time is you're on the hook for the rent if the guy doesn't pay the rent. Yeah, correct. Right. The second way you take you're basically taking a fee to find a tenant, and you have to be careful with that that you're not uh, practicing real estate. Without a license. Well, I do have a license. I, I, well, then, then you're no longer. Then now you're a rental agent, so it's a little bit different. So, so it's it's a bunch of fine lines, but it's not hard to cross. I mean, it's not, I'm sorry, it's not hard to stay within the fine lines, but you just have to know the rules and each rule. I mean, there are a lot of people who do wholesaling wrong. They're practicing real estate with a license when they're doing wholesaling wrong. There's a lot of people who do lease options or, or leases wrong because they're once again they're doing the same thing. They're practicing real estate without a license. I can go into a bunch of the reasons, but I don't. We don't have it all the time, but I will bring it up one night on a Thursday night and let people learn that. You know, there are certain ways to do it. It's a good idea for a, a class. It probably is teach, a good idea for a class, right? yeah. Because you, you have that whole level of broker knowledge, mm -hmm. and you could maybe talk to people about things that they can get tripped up on. Right. So, right. so I happen to be a real estate right. broker. For you guys who don't know, we Phil and I own a brokerage called the Investor Brokerage. We deal with just investors for the most part. We deal with just investors, and it's a totally different concept. You know, where, you know, you guys, we, we, we probably wouldn't even, <laughs> if, if you called us up and said, hey, help me find a half a million dollar mansion, Unless you knew which one you were going to buy, we probably wouldn't help you with it. We would do the paperwork. But if you're going to do investment properties, we'll definitely help you with that. That's where we. That's where what we know. That's how we shine. And it's all about numbers for us. It's not about you know this prop. This you know this thing has this. This one has green carpet, so I don't want to buy it because it has green carpet. We've been the green carpet realtor years ago. We just don't do that anymore. The green carpet realtor. Yeah, I call it the green carpet realtor where the buyer objects because they don't like the color of the carpet, and you have to explain to them that the carpet can be changed. And that's the kind of stuff that I, I just can't deal with. Well, it's, a, it's an interesting idea, this. I'm saying, can you wholesale a rental agreement? But I'm thinking to myself, I don't know anyone who's ever actually done that on a repetitious basis. And it's very interesting because if you just did that, now, right now, it's probably pretty hard to do because... Buildings are selling like hotcakes. Buildings are renting like hotcakes. So finding a rental agreement isn't easy. But keep in mind that if the market changes and we start to go into a major slump like we kind of think is going to happen in the future, buying opportunities and renting opportunities and leasing opportunities will be available uh, for anybody who has the brains and the wherewithal to make it happen. So here's what some people do, and I know you, you know, you, well, we talk about lease, lease options. This is what they do.
they actually get a lease. So let's say uh, Pedro, he has a property, <clears throat> and then you go see him and you say, and he has it for rent because he can't. He, first of all, he wants to sell. Let's even say he wants to sell it. It's worth two hundred thousand dollars. He wants to sell it, and he realizes there's no buyers out there because the market is tanking. And you go, hey, listen, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a thousand bucks a month for that property, and I, I'll sign a lease right now. But I want the right to sublet this. And I also want the right to, and I'm also going to take a lease option. And I'm not going to pay you for that lease option for three months, you know, the, the NROC, non-refundable option consideration. And I'm not going to give you rent for three months. And after that three months, I'm going to give you your 1000 bucks a month. And I'm going to give you a $10,000 fee, for, let's say, for, your, for the lease option, the NROC. Well, you could probably even make a much better deal than that, especially if the landlord is not knowledgeable on non-refundable option consideration. No, no, well, hold on. Let me, let me, let me explain what we're doing here. What's that? You're leaving money on the table again. Pedro's telling me I'm leaving money on the table. <laughs> now, now I know why we mute his microphone. Let me, well, let me, let me finish this because I want you to, I want to understand yeah. what you can do. So again, we have the the guy wants to. You, you made an offer, lease option for for uh, for a hundred thousand dollars, ten thousand dollar lease option, thousand dollars a month. Now Phil comes to me and says, "Hey, listen, I've got a property that I'll lease option to you for ten thousand dollar NROC for the non-refundable." option consideration, right? Well, let's say it's 15,000 because mm -hmm. you're going to give the other guy 10,000. You take the 15,000, you take five, you hand the guy 10 and you make the lease with the other guy and you walk away from it. And you made your $5,000. That's how you wholesale lease option. Yeah, well, that makes sense because that's something you could do in one conversation, right? Especially if you find a landlord who's having a trouble finding a qualified person. I can come in, use my qualifications to rent a place, and then re-sublet it to somebody else. Correct. Exactly. <clears throat> For a nice spread. Yeah, and that's that's the way to do it. As long as there's a lease option, and I actually bought a property from someone who did that. It's very complicated to explain to someone who did that, and basically, yeah, it wasn't wasn't quite honest with the tenant, and wasn't quite honest with the owner. I came in and rescued both the tenant and the owner, and solved both of their problems. So let me ask you something: the deal that we just talked about, the mm -hmm. one that we just described, it's really like a sandwich. Option, yeah, sort of. I, you know, you, you get into all these fancy <clears throat> names. I know, but it, it, you know, in reality, is you know, I'm charging a fee right. to sell my interest, and that's that's true wholesaling. I'm selling a fee right. to sell my interest, and that's that's true wholesaling. So that's a beautiful thing when you think about it, because now, like, say somebody like Pedro, right, who's still learning this business, but he's off to a, a pretty good start this year. He's got he's two subject two deals in the yes, work he right does. now. Yes, he does. Pedro, get on the phone here. Right. Get, get over here so a second. So, Pedro, think about yes. this for a second, that you you not only can make money off of properties that you own or properties that you lease option, but literally properties that you even just rent are all available tools for you to make money off of. Isn't that interesting? Yep. How long have you been involved in investor schooling? I think almost two years now. Yeah, two years. And, and uh, now, so you and your lovely, I don't know. Significant other. Significant other. There you go. That's right. I don't know what to call people anymore. You know, you have a, you guys have a wonderful baby, right? And you bought a house, and you bought a house. That was the first house that actually Phil and Jamie bought that house together. Actually, Jamie bought it, but Phil helped her. And then now you got two subject, two deals under contract. And these are great deals. You, you brought me these deals. These are big money-making deals. Oh, yeah. So this is great. So so Pedro Pedro's a student just like he is. You know, he works here. He helps us, but he's also a student too, just like everybody else. All right, where else are we going here? Well, uh, let's see. How about can you wholesale lease options? We just did that. Okay. Kind of right. Well, I mean, we talked about rental agreements and yeah, lease yeah. options. We can do that. So I, I like the email. Why don't question. we hit some of the questions? Yeah. Okay. Which one do you like? How can people live without investing? 
Uh, that's a really good question, I think. So so what do you think the answer is? Well, I'll tell you what. I've sat in sales presentations, mm -hmm. and I've said to people, what kind of investing have you done? And they say, we've never invested ever. They never put any money in a stock market. They never bought a piece of investment real estate. They never invested ever, right? Those people, boy, we can blow their minds. Oh, absolutely, because there's knowledge that they don't know, right? Sure. Right. In six months, boy, we, we could... We could do a number on them that would really be amazing. But it's not just investing. The, the, the problem is their money mindset. Their well, mo they've been told to take their money, put it in a bank, <clears throat> and because it's safe. And you know, and even if you're getting a half a percent interest, which by the way would be a lot in a well, bank. Well, they've been told a lot of things wrong besides Correct. that. Which, which, as like, you know, I like, got my book coming out. Right, go to college and get a good right. job. Right. So I got a new book coming out called Money Hacks. Why everything? Uh, yeah, because everything you think you know about money is wrong, and that's that's basically this book basically follows what we just said. It it, it follows the fact that everything you've been taught about money is wrong, and we're going to teach you things about money you didn't even know existed. And my favorite one is, hey, Pedro, what color is money? Blue. Yes, it's not green. It's blue. I love this. Take out a hundred dollar bill and tell me what color it is. Everybody's going to be doing that on the way home, right? They're all going to be taking out their hundred dollar bills. And by the way, if you don't have a hundred dollar bill on you, that means you need to come to investor schooling this Thursday because I carry hundred dollar bills with me. Phil carries hundred dollar bills with me. I think even Pedro carries hundred dollar bills with him. Do you? Correct. Yeah, and my wife carries hundred dollar bills with her, and your wife carries hundred dollar bills with her. What does that mean? That means we know something you don't know. I don't know, but the other day I was in a Seven Eleven, and the change they gave me was a silver certificate, one dollar bill. Oh, those are cool. What are they worth? Well, five bucks. Yeah, I but they're cool. I was thinking two bucks. But, yeah, you know. they're cool. They're, I mean, I have a couple of them. You know, really mint ones. They're really nice. Hmm. I, I I collect money. I have a five hundred dollar bill. I have a thousand dollar bill. One of my next goals is a ten thousand dollar bill. So how do people live without investing? They, do you want to know the answer? Yeah, sure. They live fine without investing. <laughs> And here, here's they, why. They, they live poor, but they live no, no, fine. Well, not necessarily. Some some are living poor or some are living, you know, whatever. whatever they, they could have a good job. Whatever or their money mindset is, their money mindset is. The problem is, you know, so the, the, the reason you're not rich if you're listening to this is because you don't want to be rich. And you're going to say, what do you mean I do want to be rich? No, you think you want to be rich. You just don't want to be rich. If you wanted to be rich, you'd be rich. If you want something, you'd, you'd have it. You know, I, you know, my wife and I keep talking about getting a boat. And I want to buy a boat. I want to buy a nice sailboat. And here's why I don't have a sailboat. You ready? I'm probably not ready for a sailboat because if I was ready for a sailboat, I'd have one. I agree. Yeah, right? People's mindset is what it is. It's like this. If you want to, if, for example, right? We're giving away, or you're giving away your car, right? Yeah. Your BMW Z4. Look, I don't care. So it's a BMW Z4. I know you guys, wow, that'd be cool. I'd really like to win it. So how many of you actually went to, just even went to the website? Forget about, forget about made the video. Forget about, you know, put in your entry, which if it took you a whole five minutes to do, that would be that you didn't know how to do it. Winfillscar.com. Right. Winfillscar.com. Right. So, so everybody said, oh, yeah, that'd be great. I'd like to have Phil's car. Oh, they drove past Phil's car and you know, like, you know, a year ago. Wow, that's a really nice Z4. And it says, I buy houses on it. By the way, you could take the wrap off or you could sell the car. If you sold the car, you could sell it for between 15 and 20 grand. You could win the car and take it right to a dealership right. and sell the <laughs> We're car. We're not going to be insulted. <laughs> <laughs> no, you win the car, you win the car. That's all. Right. So, so we, I just find it hysterical that people aren't going to. It's the same exact thing. It's so simple to to enter to in this contest, and it's not hard to win. It's just, but if you don't enter, you obviously can't win. And it's the same problem with with the money mindset. 
All right. Um, what do we got? Let's see if anybody wants to make a call real quick before we go over to Stock Options Sultan. 855-939-1137. 855-939-1137. Oh, by the way, Damien's talking about Joe Ulander and how uh, he helped him on a bunch of deals and even gave him some dating advice. Yeah. Damien, you got to you got to tell me about Joe Ulander's dating advice. I know you got to do it off the air, but I'm pretty I'm pretty impressed that Joe Ulander has dating advice since, you know, he can't hold a he can't hold a girlfriend for more than 2 weeks. <laughs> Phil, Phil just went blank. Well, I uh, I was more focused on these beautiful questions that we got here. Oh, okay. You want why to stock okay. options versus stock? Why stock options versus stock? Or why an investor versus a realtor? Well, well that, that's, see, that one's begging for an answer. All right. So investor versus a realtor, they're not even close to the same thing. So it's kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird question. It's not weird. Right, so a realtor makes, you know, I love it, right? A realtor makes, you know, let's say 6% if they do a deal, right? right. And uh, even, I think it's like a chicken and, or the egg kind yeah. of question. Well, well, realtors make 6% and even waitresses make 20%. So, you know, I'd rather be a waitress than a realtor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I'm not allowed to say waitresses, servers. So all you got to do is go to... A settlement for a piece of real estate could be your first house and you're sitting at the table and if you've ever done that and you've only bought the house that you live in and it's the only house you own at the moment imagine for a second who's making all the money at this settlement well the sellers probably making a the most amount of money sure. because the sellers house has gone up in value tremendously now you're paying six times what the seller paid when he bought the house 30 years ago, right? But now you're also putting yourself in position to one day 30 years later, assuming you're a younger person, one day 30 years later, you're going to be the one making all the money. The realtor is getting 2.5%, okay? Which a waitress makes 20, so that's an interesting <laughs> comparison. So basically, if you're sitting at a table, you got the buyer is on your left, you got the sellers on your right, and you're the realtor, you're making the least amount of money in the whole transaction. Well, I always find it interesting that when you put a when you put a house up that you know that's a, a a great house that you're trying to create a bidding war, the realtors are coming up to you and they're saying, "Hey, I have a client. I have a client. I have a client." I don't understand how the realtors aren't saying, "Hey, can I buy that house?" Well, that just goes to show you what's wrong with realtors. So they don't have the entrepreneurial mindset. All they do, they leave me messages, mad, crazy messages. Leave me messages saying, I have a client who desperately would love to see this property. Well, if you are an expert, why don't you want to see it? Yeah, sure. Leave the client's home, drive to the house, look at it, and buy it. And the funny part, if you're actually sending your client that house, that's even crazier. Yeah. You, you should be buying that house. Buy it, fix it up, sell it to that client. Hey, how about the uh, stock option Sultan? Is he in the bathroom or something? I, I, <laughs> Where the heck know. is he? I, I, well, you know, he's been talking to you. Ah, there he is. He sounds like a mafioso shyster. I didn't even do that on purpose. I actually hit the wrong button. Stock option Sultan. All right, I officially hate the stock market. <laughs> That's how I'll start the stock option, Sultan. <laughs> I saw that in your uh, 
your latest <laughs> money chat now yeah yeah so by the way if you guys want to if you go to facebook and look up money chat now i do a daily wrap-up show of the uh, of the stock market so this be some great stuff so i am in two plays that are really really bad right now one is baba and one is jnug and it's funny because i swore i would never buy jnug again and sure enough i got sucked right back in and here enough here we go again uh, alibaba i'm surprised at at 158 at this point i'm just going to say stay away from it just just stay away from it if you have it you might want to hold out to 165 170 before you get rid of it but just 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 hold out get rid of it take the loss because this is just a bad play the chinese are making it impossible for these companies to not not make money but to survive the new every single day there's another article about how the chinese are messing with the chinese companies so so they're, everybody's just waiting for Alibaba to die because of it. So whatever, just stay away from it. JNUG, I don't know. JNUG works on gold, and gold isn't doing so bad. You know, gold's at seventeen eighty four. When gold's over eighteen hundred, it's great. I really like to see gold hit two thousand, and that would make a big deal too. But right now, people are still, they're still, there's, you know, this uh, this D variant because I call it the Democrat variant. The D variant is a is a problem, and it's it's really confusing people. Now, the other thing is AAL, CCL, RCL. I've said these before. I still believe they're great plays. You got to play them into February now. Don't play them to the end of this year. Play them into February. Uh, you know, even though AAL is down probably a point and a half since I recommended it a couple of weeks ago, I wouldn't even be concerned with it. I'd like to see RCL below seventy two. That would make me very happy. If CCL goes below twenty, I'm adding more. Because that's how good I... First of all, CCL, out of the three of them, is probably the greatest play if it's below 20. Because CCL will definitely go to 40. And it might even be a good stock play. Would just buy the stock if you're afraid of the stock option. Just buy the stock. Even if you bought the stock at 21, which it is almost 22 today or, or Friday, you, you, you can't lose. It's just a matter of time. You know, will it hit 18? Yeah, maybe. But at the same time, it'll definitely hit 40 again. It'll hit 50 again. It's just a matter of time where... The world wakes up to this uh, non nonsense, and everyone starts to fight back, and we start to realize, hey, we can go on cruises, and guess what? We won't die on the boat. That's amazing. Well, I think the uh, the worm is beginning to turn. Yeah, but it's still slow. I, I'm, st you know, this is the, the the reaction we're getting to the COVID now is the reaction I expected two months in. So, so if it took this long to get this reaction, it might take another year before the people actually realize that this is a complete BS and they should and, and they should stop this already. Do, and again, for all of you who go, oh my God, Larry Steinhouse, he's, he's, he doesn't believe in COVID. I believe there's a disease out there. I believe it's not good. But at the same time, I also believe in living your life. You know, how many people last year died not and, and lost a year of their life before they died? And I don't mean died of COVID, died of anything. It's just terrible. So Listen, if you're listening to this show and, you know, the stock option Sultan is here, he, he just came out of the bathroom, actually, <laughs> right? And he's you're listening to all this stuff. You, you might have a hard time following it, so you should definitely come to a class Thursday night at 7 p.m. at investorschooling.com. You can save yourself a seat there, and you'll understand a lot more about what we do if you attended a few classes here. Yeah, in fact, you know, I go, over, I pick, I go through stock picks of yours, and also all the students every Thursday night, uh, the last 15 minutes of the night, it's fantastic. We go through stock picks and we analyze them. And then Monday we have our mastermind where for the first half an hour we talk only about stocks. So it's a great, it's great. Yeah. All right. So I want to thank our producers, Sean and Piedro. 
for helping us out today. If you're interested in becoming Pedro, a... Pedro. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Pedro sounds better. Okay. Okay. It's like a realtor. All right. I won't, I won't rename him, though. His parents named him Pedro. I'll call him Pedro. Okay? If you're interested in becoming a sponsor on our show, if you have a business that caters to real estate investors, yeah, definitely want to email us about your business. Info at Investorschooling.com. Info at Investorschooling.com. Don't forget to visit Investorschooling.com. Sign up for your free class this Thursday night at 7 p.m. We're going to be talking about real estate investing, stock option investing, and basically just making more money. If you like money, hey, we can help, okay? So our number is 855-939-1137. You call that number even when the show is done. We are out of here.